Today on Home Care Heroes, we learn about a program that pays your agency and your caregivers for getting people in your community to get COVID shots. It's a program for 12 states, but even if you're not in one of those 12 states, you could sign up essentially as a community organizer and participate. Enjoy. Welcome to the Home Care Heroes podcast, featuring trending topics and practical wisdom for success in home care. Here's your host, Ken Accardi. All right, well, welcome to today's episode of Home Care Heroes. I have a very special guest today by the name of Burgess Harrison. And Burgess is the director of the National Minority Health Association. Did I get that right? Yes. National okay. Minority Health Association Executive Director. Correct. Perfect. And we're actually going to talk about a, a different topic today. Currently, the National Minority Health Association has a program working with home care agencies that essentially is to help get some of our elderly and shut-in folks to get their COVID vaccines. And what it does is it ends up compensating both the agency and the caregiver for for doing this service and helping achieve herd immunity. Let me take a break there and say, welcome, Burgess Harrison. Thanks for being on the program. Well, glad to be here. Thank you for the invite. All right. And I want to like give a little background of Burgess. So I've been told by a friend of mine who's a you know home care industry veteran that he and Burgess in the 1990s were talking about, you know, how could we possibly get caregivers to cord their time? And that Burgess came up with the idea and says, well, you should use the, you know, the universal communication method that, you know, people use. And the, the other person's like, well, what does that mean? And he says, well, you know, the telephone, we should, you know, we should put together a way that caregivers can uh, do their clock-ins and clock-outs using the telephone. And actually, it was was there that the whole idea of of telephony was born and prototyped by Burgess and and this other individual. So Burgess is doing what he's doing now, which is really fantastic. But he really has a strong root in the home care industry as an innovator. But hey, um, let me just you know turn it over to you to tell us more. I, I kind of gave the introduction that the whole idea is to try to get folks to get their vaccines. But yeah, tell us a little bit more about the program. Thanks, Ken. So everybody knows COVID is is uh, been a challenge for the last eighteen months. Uh, I there was a feeling that it was kind of licked. Excuse me for that. There was a feeling that it was kind of licked, um, but not really. And now we're going through the fourth wave, the Delta variant, and so forth. With COVID, a number of things began to come to light. One of them is that it has impacted uh, underserved and minority communities much harder than the population at large. And this is evidenced in terms of higher rates of folks uh, getting the virus, higher death rates, and, and so on. At the same time, there is a higher level of hesitancy about the vaccine within minority communities for a number of, of reasons. One being a study that was done uh, a number of years ago uh, at the Tuskegee Inter- Institute where you know, people were told they were being, being uh, studied. So you, you, ha- you have these uh, different forces at work and then you add in social determinants of health from a, a testing or vaccination program, you know, large scale program is put in place and it runs from nine to five. Well, you know, a lot of minority community members work and do either shift work or aren't able to make those kinds of hours to get uh, either tested or the vaccine, uh, or they, uh, you know, have other impediments. You know, they can't take off an, an hour from work because that hour 
really has a significant impact from a financial perspective in their you know home uh, economics or their budgets. So, and, and those are just a few small things. When you look at the impact of COVID, again in minority communities, uh, you have and and home care workers in particular fit the profile from a government perspective where you have uh, folks who may live in more uh, multi-generational congregant uh, situations. Uh, So you have a lot more people in smaller uh, areas, take public transportation, lower wages, uh, and the list goes on. So uh, COVID brought all of these things to to light. So the government uh, put out a a grant uh, and uh, wanted to get some uh, innovative ideas of how you could uh, approach the uh, addressing hesitancy within these uh, minority and underserved communities. So we got uh, a notice about the grant. It was early in May and we got two weeks in order to write a grant and get it in. So we uh, came up with a concept and uh, put it together in, in two weeks. Uh, and you know, lo and behold, uh, in June, uh, it got accepted. And so, you know, it's one of these things, careful what you wish for, because you might get it. And the program is, is very simple. An agency read, signs up and then their workers, they encourage their workers to sign up. There's no charge or anything like that. No cost to the agency or workers or anybody like that. So they encourage the workers to sign up and, and register online through our portal. And then uh, they get mobilized to then go out and talk to people uh, to get vaccinated. First thing, though, is, and it's, it's a challenge, but I think you've all heard about healthcare workers not being vaccinated, and that's a challenge. And uh, home care is not, and home health is, is not immune to that. So one of the first orders of business is, hey, we got to get home care workers vaccinated because you have patients who are saying, hey, don't send somebody to my house that's not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. On the other side, you have uh, states that are imposing mandates uh, coming up in September and October that healthcare workers have to be have to be vaccinated. So you have a program now that will incent people to get vaccinated. And what it, what it works out to be is that the uh, community member gets $25 a shot. And we did it that way, a shot, because you could get either the Pfizer or, you know, Moderna, which are two shots, or Johnson Johnson, which is one shot. And we're not trying to take a, a stand as to which is better or not better, because that's not really the point. So we just made it $25 a shot that goes to the community member. The worker also gets $25 a shot for uh, bringing that person. And when I say bringing, not physically bringing, but introducing, you know, persuading, helping that community member make the decision to get the vaccine. And then the agency also gets $25 a shot. And we did that because when the worker has to take this, this survey, uh, which takes about 15 minutes, so it takes a little bit of time. You know, they're going to be taking a little time out of their day to talk about the program and working with people to get them vaccinated. And we needed the agencies to be on board to be supportive of the project so that, you know, they, one, they didn't stand in the way. So it's this three-tiered program and process for people to get vaccinated and get rewarded. Okay, let me uh, let me jump in on you there for a minute. So just focusing on if I'm an agency and I'm just hearing about this and I'm not signed up yet, it sounds like, I mean, it's a way for, you know, me to get engaged in the community, for my caregivers to get more engaged, to help people get vaccinated and to make a little bit of money, 
in the process. So you mentioned, of course, at the outset that COVID has disproportionately affected underrepresented minorities for a lot of different reasons. Is this program restricted to individuals who are, you know, of minority no. groups? Okay, it's not restricted. We are are targeting. Uh, and part of the grant was we were targeting particular areas and, and states, but it is not uh, restricted. Anybody who uh, comes to our portal, you know, through the process mm-hmm. uh, and gets uh, registered, w- will be eligible for the program. Our mandate is to focus in states, and that's on our, our website, and in underserved communities. So that's what mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to do. But the bottom line is getting shots in the, in the arms. Okay, got it. Get Ancoda. We have a lot of customers in our Medicaid provide, you know, like basically providing home care services through Medicaid. You know, some of the big cities like St. Louis or Kansas City or, you know, like our parts of, you know, Virginia or whatever the case may be. But they they would all be, you know, eligible for this and they might really be in some of the communities where this could really make a make an impact and make a difference. We have no age limit except for whatever is for the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, and anyone in any in, in any community can participate. Uh, again, we have a target area, uh, mm-hmm. target areas that we're focusing on. But the, again, the bottom line is we got to get people vaccinated because that's the reason why the Delta variant is is, uh, you know, alive and kicking, if you will. Yeah. And, and causing the, the problems that it is. Uh, if we had had more people vaccinated, it would have you know choked off the spread of that variant. But we didn't. So here's where we are, and we're now going into back into winter. Uh, he would even say those words, but it's a reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in addition, now you have the whole booster shot uh, situation coming into uh, the mix. Uh, we do not provide rewards for booster shots. Uh, it may be something uh, you know, down the road, but at this point in time, it's just for the two, uh, the one or two initial shots. Uh, okay, for- got it. Okay, so really, I mean, any home care agency can apply there and they can have their caregivers apply. And, you know, and anyone who's eligible to get a COVID shot who they can, you know, persuade and get them signed up and get them vaccinated is eligible for the shot and for the reimbursement and all this. So that sounds really, really powerful and positive. Go ahead. It's the the, uh, agencies in the 12 states, if they are multi state agency, Mm -hmm. then they can, you know, in those other states, they are certainly welcome. Uh, so we're because the way the grant was set up, they have mm-hmm. ten in our particular uh, scope of the grant. They had ten awardees, and they sort of took the country and split it up into different areas. So who are doing different kinds of things? Okay, got it. Uh, so like we're doing. So if it's in the twelve states, and if you go to our website, it'll go through all the the states. You know, there's uh, Texas and California, Florida, and there, New York, for example. Um, Missouri is is in there, North and South Carolina. So. Uh, so those are the states that we're focusing on and, and looking for agencies in. We have over 300 that have now uh, signed up. And when I, when I talk about 300 agencies, we have you know, people like Addis, Accent Care uh, uh, are in, in the mix. So we have some very large organizations, Alara, uh, have signed up to participate in the program. So we think we've got a, a, a wide um, uh, scope, a wide mm-hmm. reach from you know, states and workers and, and so on yeah. uh, as we roll the program out. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, like uh, some of the mentions or the names you just mentioned, are they like 
actually the software vendors like Access Care and Alaya? No, or? Ex, no a- Accent Care. Accent Care. Okay. So I mean, it is, I mean, everybody has to be a provider. It's not like a... Right. These are, right. It's, okay. it's perfect. It's providers. So we have, uh, you know, in terms of uh, software providers, we would like them to participate in terms of they, you know, they don't get rewarded, but in terms of talking about it to their clients would be Yeah, great. fantastic. Yeah, and at some point in time where, you know, and who knows where this may go. So we think it's important for software providers to be in, to have an understanding of this and, and uh, support it because there is a data collection aspect to what's going on. The government really needs to understand you know, as much as possible uh, so that, you know, to effective tools can be developed for, you know, it's for vaccines or and for the deployment of vaccines in an appropriate effective and efficient manner. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually on your website right now. And uh, I guess I already have six of the states. So Texas, California, New York, Missouri, North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, yeah. I'm trying to see where would I check for the, um, for the other ones, just so I can make sure that I have a comprehensive list here. Uh, it should be, uh, I can't tell you off the Is top it under of my shot or we can, uh, well, no, go to flexforchecks.com. Oh, flex for checks. Got it. Right. Perfect. And, and then that is the site. So flexforchecks.com or .org, but flexforchecks.com is where Perfect. you want to go. Excuse me. No problem. And uh, all of the information is there mm-hmm. in order for people to sign up. So the, the main uh, focus is on agencies, workers, and community members. Uh, but if there are software providers, one, they can just reach out and contact us. You know, we had an earlier uh, uh, pre-launch site up where we had uh, the ability for uh, pharmacies and software providers. We're going to be put that back up, but our initial focus was to get out uh, for agencies, community members, and uh, workers to get them registered. So, Okay, that sounds really good. All right. So, you know, just trying to, you know, we don't have to make this a real long podcast. And by the way, I mean, we do, of course, in our marketing and we have different companies that we reach out to and we're going to try to make them all aware of this, but it would be good to let them know if their state could be part of this program um, or yeah. not. So I'll make sure to get the rest of, of that story. I guess, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. I, you know, you explained, I mean, how hard it is to get a program like this off the ground and in short order. And I certainly uh, can relate to that, you know, running and launching a business that quickly and all that type of thing. But, um, you know, if you take a step back, do you have any nice success stories or anything that you could share so far or nice, uh, you know, any any just good stories from the community or individuals that maybe received a shot that wouldn't have otherwise? Yeah. Been? Well, uh, good question. This morning, uh, we one of the folks we're working with, uh, Thelma Washington out of Florida, mm-hmm. and she uh, came on. We actually recorded her, uh, and she does these uh, events. Uh, part of what her scope is is, uh, is a uh, school that she uh, leads, and she was she was really thinking. You know, I want to be sure that my students student bodies are protected because you know what happens in schools one kid gets it and yeah to other kids it, you know things just spread so yeah you know what her thinking what can i do uh so obviously getting people shot so she uh participated in our program and she has now led about 230 people to get shots through what she's been doing herself and when i say herself i mean she has you know people and and things like that uh but 
you know, she has kind of spearheaded the movement, but she told us really quick story and I am not going to do it uh, justice because it, it, it's her, her telling it, which is really powerful, but I'll try to do the best I can. She had one of her parents who was hesitant about getting the vaccine. That parent had seven kids. And so Thelma said to that parent, uh, and I don't know what the parent's name is. He said, whatever, X, Y, Z, listen, you've got to get the vaccine because if you get COVID and you die, I can only handle two of your seven kids. Okay. And the other ones will have to go like in foster care or whatever. But, you know, it's, that is a real conversation. That's real talk. That's the the reality that has to be dealt with as we're talking about this, not this theory or anything like that. That conversation really is part of the crux of what we're talking about. So, there are folks who don't want to get the vaccine, then it's because it's my body, it's my decision, you know, but you step back and say, gee, what if we did that with smallpox and polio? My goodness, where would we be, if anywhere, if that same kind of thinking was prevalent at that point in time? So if you aren't doing it about yourself, the point being is do it for someone else, because uh, although, and, and one of the things that people are getting uh, misunderstood is that because you have the vaccine doesn't mean that you're not going to get COVID. It, it has never been uh, uh, talked about in those, in those ways. What has been said is that if you do get COVID, your degree and impact on you will be lessened and a higher probability that you will not go to the hospital. And if you look at the cases, it's borne out. The people that are in the hospital are unvaccinated. Uh, as the CDC says, you know, we have a, it's like an epidemic of the unvaccinated that's taking place right now. Mm-hmm. So, and yes, will you have a death or two that occurs for, uh, within the vaccinated population? You know, sure. No one said that this was 100% either. But again, you're going to see most deaths are going to come from the unvaccinated population. So, uh, you know, again, do this for other people. Uh, and it, you know, it's it's interesting when you look at the whole vaccine arguments, or you know, people who you know, don't want to get uh, vaccinated because they don't want to put, you know, anything in their bodies that or, or whatever that they don't know about. But it's like really, you know, because people are putting all kinds of things in your body, you know, smokers and drinkers. Okay, yeah. you know, for as two very simple examples, people who get tattoos. You know, the idea you're taking in, not that it's not. You know, I know it's regulated, but yeah, really, you're getting tattooed. You know, somebody's putting, putting you know, ink. Needles, in, needles in, in ink into your, your arm or whatever. I, exactly. Yeah. You can kind of go down the list of things that people do. And at the same time, they're saying, uh, well, I don't you know, want to go get the, the vaccine because of X, Y, Z reason. It, it really just doesn't make any logical sense. So uh, and, and when it has shown the effectiveness and the speed that they were able to develop it. And they're using technology that's been the, uh, over 10 to 20, refined over 10 to 20 years. What was mm-hmm. sped up was a regulatory uh, process, paperwork, things that uh, duplicative uh, things, things that really did not uh, uh, touch the quality, uh, safety, uh, efficacy of the vaccine at all. They were all things that were in the periphery. So, it, it's we're just trying to get that message out, trying to debunk the myths that are out there because it seems like there's a new myth every 
week, something you know different that's that's uh, going on. Yeah, it's tough. And, I, and, you know, no. just to share a personal story. I mean, I unfortunately, uh, well, I was vaccinated in April when my age group became eligible to get vaccinated, but I actually um, did contract the uh, the Delta variant myself, and that was discovered in like the the last week of July. And but you know, as a vaccinated person, I just had a stuffy nose for a number of days, and I you know, and I, I had a, a positive test and I, you know, stayed in containment for 10 days and now I'm totally fine and that kind of thing. So I think that it is borne out that if you do have the vaccine, it's going to be, you know, more of a, a mild thing for most people. And, and, you know, sadly, I have a friend who, uh, you know, college roommate whose brother literally got COVID um, around the same day I did. And, you know, 17 days later, he was gone. And, um, you know, and, and this is, a, you know, a highly educated person who worked in, you know, science and technology. And he was, you know, one of these folks who said, well, I'm going to wait for the FDA approval and, and all these types of things. And, you know, and un unfortunately, I mean, this is, a, this is a pretty tough virus here. So, I mean, it, it really does come down to, you know, trying to get yourself uh, vaccinated. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm blessed that I did have that vaccine and uh, that kind of thing. So I, I think it is, you know, everything that you're doing is super important. And I really appreciate you uh, sharing with us today. So just to kind of um, you know wrap it, I, I think you've explained the program really, really well. And I'll make sure to get up where you listen on your Apple podcast and things like that. I'll put that in the show notes and we'll have a YouTube video of this as well. And I'll make sure to have that in the notes of the, the states that are eligible for the program. And we'll try to communicate it as best possible. But Burgess, tell us one more time, how do people um, get in touch with either the uh, the you know the the vaccine program specifically, which is the Flex for Checks, as well as the uh, the THE and then uh, the you know the National Minority Health Association. How do they get in touch with both of those entities? Uh, absolutely. Well, for Flex for Checks, the website is Flex for Checks. So F L E X F O R C H E C K S dot com. So that's the way to to go there, and there's a way to contact us through that for the Flex for Checks program. The National Minority Health Association, our, our organization website is the T-H-E-N-M-H-A.org. And uh, there's also a way to get, you know, through backdoor through to uh, Flex for Checks from there as well. Uh, but that's our, our organization website. And, you know, we have a number of different, this is one program of several that we have. We have a dementia program that we're launching for caregivers. Uh, and we have an Operation Healthy You, which uses a patient activation measure as an underlying uh, part of the program and a number of other things that are coming down the pipe. So I think people will be uh, very intrigued as to our approach, which is very, which is science based. And, and one of the things people should uh, recognize from a science perspective is that it evolves. So what and if you think back to all the things that were said, I know people talked about masks, for example, which was, it was said, don't wear it, then wear it, and so on. And and want to point to that as an example of, you know, science having a, you know, a problem. It evolves. It's, it's enlightenment uh, that takes place. And I just use the example for, a, you know, way back in the day, uh, scientists thought the world was flat. Obviously, now we know that that's not the case. Things evolve. We learn new things. Science is about uh, consensus, and that consensus will change over time as new information uh, is available to be able to be analyzed and, and critiqued. So it's it, science is not perfect, uh, but you know you, you got to start someplace and you got to put a stake in the ground. 
And so the things that we're doing are all science-based and, you know, we want to educate the, the public, minority communities and, and others. So uh, please, uh, uh, hopefully the audience will go to uh, flexforchecks.com. You know, if you're in one of those states uh, as an agency, uh, sign up or a caregiver in one of those states or a community member, you can just go on your own and get and get it done. It doesn't have to be through an agency. So we urge people to do that. All right. Fantastic. And thank you for all that. And I think we'll, if you'll uh, be up for it, we'll invite you again and we'll talk about dementia programs and other ways of, you know, using the patient activation measure to make things better for folks uh, along the way. But thanks again, Burgess Harrison, for being our guest today on Home Care Heroes. Thank you. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for joining us today on the Home Care Heroes podcast. Home Care Heroes is produced by Ancoda, the software for the heroes of home care. You can listen to back episodes by visiting forhomecareheroes.com. That's the number four, then the words homecareheroes.com.